Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Hello, Movie Talk listeners. It's Perry here to tell you a little bit about Audible. I am a huge fan. Whenever I go out for my runs in the morning, I have to listen to an audiobook on Audible. Audible is where members get more than ever before, like choosing three titles every single month. You get one audiobook plus two Audible originals that you can't hear anywhere else. Members also have unlimited access to more than 100 audio-guided fitness and meditation programs. Audible delivers bestsellers, business, self-improvement, memoirs, and more, and they're all professionally narrated by actors, authors, and also motivational superstars. On top of that, if you're Remember, you can also get free access to the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, and Washington Post, delivered daily to the Audible app. With the convenient app, members can access Audible anytime, whether you're at the gym, while commuting, on the go, and on any device. It will always pick up right where they left off, which is super convenient for me. Right now, I'm listening to Nightmare Alley, so I do one run one morning, and then the next morning, I just queue it up right where I left off, and I can continue on with my book. Audible also offers free and easy audiobook exchanges credits you can roll over for a year and a library you can keep forever even if you cancel so start listening with a 30-day audible trial and your first audiobook plus two audible originals are totally free visit audible.com slash movie talk or text movie talk to 500-500 that's audible.com slash movie talk or text movie talk to 500 500 check it out and enjoy your audiobooks Welcome back to Movie Talk. On today's show, we are covering Variety's box office report card for the summer. Then on top of that, could there be a Joker sequel in the works? We don't know, but now we do know that at least Todd Phillips would be interested should the movie take off and do very well. So it's going to be interesting to see how that situation develops, given how that whole project came together. But before we get to any of that, I have to ask a burning question to my two panelists today, Jay and Darina. What's your favorite kind of bread? King's Hawaiian sweet rolls. That is a good answer, Jay, and you beat my answer. <laughs> uh, sourdough. Anything, okay. Any sourdough. I love it. Or bimbo. Martin's potato bread. Adam, what's your favorite kind of bread? Just white bread. Just white bread. <laughs> <laughs> just white bread. Just white bread. Nature's own, right? Nature's own. Christian, what do you got? Sourdough. All right, now Copycat. that's covered. Do you want to see Collider Bread Talk? Put it in the comment section below. If we get enough upvotes, maybe we'll do it. All right. First two stories today. We've got the Variety box office report card. So they just posted this piece, and it covers the summer of 2019. And it is kind of a roughish assessment of all the studios this season. So according to the piece, film flops piled up and big hits were few and far between for nearly every company except Disney. According to Comscore, after Labor Day, the season is expected to be almost 3% behind 2018, pushing the year-to-date box office down more more than 6%. Little recap here. Disney received an A for Disney, but an F for the Fox films that they inherited. Universal got a B. Warner Brothers got a C. Sony got a B plus, And then Paramount got a C plus. You hear all those grades. What stands out to you most? Knowing that Disney was going to get an A regardless because they dominated the summer box office. Even before the films dropped, when the list of releases for the summer came out, when people looked at the summer, it was like, well, damn, it's Disney, 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 Disney. 
And you just knew, like, this is going to make money, this is going to make money, this is going to make money. So to hear that they got an A out, out of it because of what they generated at the box office pretty much is, like, no surprise. Like, duh, that was going to happen. It's interesting to think, too, that – and I'm not pointing a finger right yeah. at Disney and putting all the blame on them for this. But how much Disney's lineup could have affected these other releases, mm-hmm. too. Because, yes, there are some major duds as far as quality goes mm-hmm. from these other studios. But I do think that, especially when we're talking about, you know, smaller independent movies, Disney sucked so much money out of like the overall summer box office pie that there just wasn't anything Even else before to the around. Summer. Even exactly. before exactly. And that's you know, and you know, Perry and I are huge fans of some independent movies that yes. came out this year, you know, like Booksmart, you know, uh, Crawl. There's all of these movies released by other studios that were left unseen and it, and it's sad because, you know, of course people are gonna go see The Lion King or Toy Story Four or anything that's a reboot or a sequel, and that's you know, a, a for sure money if you're if you're putting up more franchise stuff people are gonna go see it so it's like it okay get it look i love disney movies but it's really unfair what's happening to these independent movies it's i, I don't like it you do bring up crawl though and while i do want crawl to get more love that's one instance where maybe paramount does deserve the c plus because right. i think they had a real summer gem on their hands something that could have broken through and mm-hmm. really caught on but I don't know. The promotional they push for that was, it felt like a little last minute to me more than yeah. anything. And the main thing Paramount focused on, well, not Paramount, excuse me, Universal, like Universal, they focused everything around Hobbs and Shaw. You saw Hobbs and Shaw everywhere. And I feel like if each of these studios mm-hmm. take that approach with a movie you know can be big, we wouldn't have to worry about Disney just overall dominating. Yeah. You know, the dollar could be split. Yeah, Disney's going to do what Disney's going to do. That's, that's no right, if, right. if ands or buts about it. But these other production studios have to be willing to put the money in promotion. Mm-hmm. You have I to be agree. willing to get the word out. People can't just be like, oh, I saw one trailer two months ago and then be done. You have to put it in people's faces. And yes, I understand it costs. But these studios have the money to make that cost up. Yeah, and I'm glad you mentioned Universal because we were talking about this before the show started that I want to give them props because they actually did a good job and they ended up releasing a lot of original ideas. And, you know, Mm -hmm. whether it's Ma or Yesterday or Good Mm -hmm. Boys, which apparently is doing well at the box office, right, which is great. I I can't wait to go see it this week and I hear great things about it. And so, uh, you know, props to them like because they're they're doing a good job marketing their movies and they're coming up with original ideas. I believe the stat for Good Boys that we covered earlier this week was that by it claiming the number one spot at the box office last weekend, it then became only the third original movie from all of 2019 to open up at number one, which is good for good boys, but also extremely alarming that that's what it's come to. only third throughout the entire year, and we're more than halfway done with the year. Yep. The other thing on this report that we have to talk about is the fact that Warner Brothers is the studio that wound up with the lowest score. So, no superhero Moses this year. That's why. <laughs> I think that can hurt their hurt them their, too. All of their franchises flopped. That I, th- I think that's the biggest problem. And when people say superheroes, I know that The Kitchen is a DC Vertigo film, but it's not your typical superhero mm-hmm. movie. Right. So like, we have to make sure we clarify that. But also, that movie bombed horribly. That movie stunk. And that it, movie it, deserved it, a bomb. And it, and it deserved a bomb. But you have properties. I'm looking at some of them. I forgot. We talked about this earlier. I forgot Shaft was Warner Brothers. Yeah. Yep. yeah, I mean, Godzilla, Pokemon, <laughs> they definitely had oh, yeah. some franchise concepts there. That And I don't know if it was just because people didn't go see it. I, I thought they were marketed well, at, at least mm-hmm. Godzilla and Pokemon, right? So maybe it's just because the movies were fine, but they weren't great. I thought um, Godzilla, they just, they like, once they got close to the release date, they really started pushing towards it. Well, did you it. see the Arclight setup? 
up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, was, that was one of my favorite marketing mm-hmm. attempts of all of 2019. That was beautiful. But unfortunately, that's only here in Los Angeles. But it's not because every oh, se- well, no, it, it physically was only here in Los yeah. Angeles. But that is like a social media trap. This Everybody is in right. LA yeah. posted a picture of, of they that wanted on, to go to the on Instagram. Just to see the exactly. Yeah, I just wish. To see the I hope they market that way. It, uh, similar to when uh, you guys weren't there, but the Ma after party or the press event that we had so was sad incredible. I it was at a, they, they rented a house in Hollywood yeah. and they scared us. It was I great. I wanted to go to that. I heard about that. I saw y'all pictures. I said, nobody is my friend anymore. Unfollowed <laughs> Dorian. Unfollowed Dorina. Nobody was like, hey, Jay, there's a party in Hollywood. It's about Ma. You want to come? Nobody called me. I had to look at everything. Well, so Ma's not of, getting invited to Jay's birthday party. Say, I'm right. Not this Sunday, <laughs> which is go. my birthday. Thank <laughs> you, August 25th. Happy early birthday to you. Uh, but going back to Warner Bros., because I, I just gave everyone Jay Washington's uh, age, which is the same age as Dorian Parks. Uh, but anyways, uh, going back to Warner Brothers, I think, do you think they're going to actually make their money back with It Chapter 2 now that that's coming out soon? I don't think it's possible to completely balance it out. And going into It, I'm curious to see what happens because I've seen such a big range for that where it's going to make a ton of money, no mm-hmm. doubt. But the big question is, opening weekend, is it going to make more than that first movie, right. which just like blew up the box office? What I think is going to happen, and it might have a little something to do with the runtime, is it's going to open really, really big right around the amount that the first one made. And then I'm a little concerned that it's going to kind of like slip slide down the charts from there right. and just not accumulate as much overall. Mm-hmm. But we've been hearing about those reviews and, you know, some people now don't want to take critics reviews for anything. That's fair. But if everybody's starting, you know, people are like, well, the don't, runtime. Well, yeah, don't don't get too crazy with social media reactions. That's that's not a full review. No, no, by... no, no, no. I'm not saying that it is. But there are some people who people look at their social media reviews and be like, well, if they don't like this type of film, then I probably won't like it. But, but it's still I think it especially because the first one was so successful, mm-hmm. not just, uh, you know, also yeah, yeah. also critically, not just financially. People are going to go see it no matter what. I think I th- like this is one of those movies where it's it's kind of like a superhero franchise where where pe- mm-hmm. people want to see it even if they hear it's mixed or it's okay. Yeah. Like there, I think I think it's going to make a lot. Well, of I just want to see Josh McCuga and Winston Marshall in the theater together yes. watching this. Oh, is Winston not a fan? Oh, you got to see our trailer reaction we did. He just was the whole time. Winston is the one I'm playing against weekend uh, week one of fantasy football. So yeah. maybe I'll just like force him to watch all these scary movies and just screw up his lineup and make him forget. Just make your this is how competitive just, Perry just is. Just make your avatar a picture of Pennywise, <laughs> and I bet he'll forfeit. He'll be like, I, I ain't think doing because this. it chapter two comes out this year. This year my Halloween avatar has to go back to being Pennywise. Ah, yeah, <laughs> that's my favorite one. But the one thing back to Warner Brothers that really surprised me is thinking about Detective Pikachu because I just remember earlier this year when it did cross my mind that because it's a ryan reynolds movie star as pikachu mm-hmm. and uh pokemon is such a major worldwide brand i thought that was going to be the next big thing for warner brothers right. and yeah the, you know the movie did pretty well but when i'm just looking at the domestic box office pikachu wound up making 144 million over its entire domestic run and i don't know let's just compare that to a movie like us uh, a movie like us it's an original movie and it mm-hmm. doesn't have like a huge property at its back that movie topped it it made 175 million so i don't know at least domestically pikachu was not as big as i thought it was going to be you know that was a missed opportunity from the marketing team at warner brothers because they should have have a giant pikachu mascot parade have you guys seen those in japan no well you should check it out they should have been so much more marketing for that besides just the trailers 
especially with the, you know, Pokemon Go is still a thing for people. Yeah. It's yeah. still a thing. Oh, yeah. Even so, when you look worldwide, actually, I thought it was going to be higher than this. Worldwide, it made $431 million. Yeah. I mean, granted, it made a profit. The production budget is $150 million, But when you factor in, you know, marketing and publicity and all that stuff, I feel like... I feel like they were probably hoping that this was going to be their next Harry Potter, especially with Fantastic Beasts mm-hmm. fizzling out right before our eyes right now. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's literally what it is, because Fantastic Beasts was riding solely on the fact of it's a Harry Potter prequel. And then it was just like, not so much. Well, you know, and it's interesting with uh, now I want to actually talk about Sony because I they're, they did, they got what, like a B plus or something. You know, they got a bunch of cool movies other than the Tarantino movie, Sp- Spider-Man, obviously, which we already talked about the Disney versus Sony fight. Yeah. But uh, that's that's another. But, you know, they did uh, Brightburn uh, and Men in Black, which not a lot of people. Some people like some people didn't. I, it had a dip in its numbers. If I'm right, not right. Mistaken. Angry Real Birds big. movie. Dorian Parks loves it. And a lot of people like it. So they are releasing some good stuff, not just yeah. Spider-Man, right? So, so there's still studios out there like Universal Have and Sony. Have you seen Escape Room? No, is Put it good? Put that on your list. That's a good? Sony Screen Gems movie, yeah. That's the movie? Okay, that was this year, right? Yeah, it was earlier this year. Movie. I loved it. <laughs> I saw it, and I was like, this, I'm really watching a movie about something that's promoted all through L.A. every it's street crazy. you go it's to. A, I think it's a genius idea for a film franchise. Oh, man, I can't wait to well, see look, that Well, look, we now. got a hide-and-seek movie, ladies and gentlemen, called Ready or Not. And it's so, so good. I saw <laughs> it this year. You guys, I saw it last night. I loved it. Samara Weaving is my new favorite Disney princess. Yes. It's so great. Everyone, please go see it. And it's a Disney movie. Or, or, it's, or it's actually Fox Searchlight, but it, it was distributed but, by yeah, Disney. Yeah, obviously, yeah. I guess, yeah. under yeah. the Disney umbrella I now. Know. I'm like, wait a minute, a murderous hot single? Yeah. It's a Disney movie, ladies and gentlemen. Well, yeah. that's that's the, the day and age we live in now. That is true. All right, guys, before we move over to the Joker story, we have some content to tell you about on the Collider Video YouTube channel. A little show called Jedi Council is coming your way soon. Here's a promo. Well, hello there. I'm Ken Napstock, one of the hosts of Collider Jedi Council. And I'd like to invite you to listen to our show, watch our show. It's on every Thursdays on the Collider Video channel. And it's also available in podcast form if you'd like to listen to our sweet voices on Collider Jedi Council. Me, Christian Harloff, and a bevy of guests, I say, talk Star Wars. We celebrate Star Wars. We dig into the Star Wars news. We speculate everything about Star Wars, including your questions. So join us on Collider Jedi Council. You're going to have a great time. In addition to Jedi Council, remember how Haley and I went to North Bend, Washington last weekend? We did our very first live edition of The Witching Hour, and now that audio is available on the factory feed for you to listen to. We got to talk in front of a live crowd with Knives and Skin director Jennifer Reeder. It was a great conversation. It was so much fun having audience interaction, so experience that for yourself. Check it out right now. All right, story number two. So... Turns out that there could be more Joker for Joaquin Phoenix if the first film is a success, because here's what director Todd Phillips told Total Film. One thing I will tell you, I would do anything with Joaquin any day of the week. There's nobody like him. If he was willing to do it, and if people show up to this movie and Warners came to us and said, you know what, if you guys could think of something, well, I have a feeling that he and I could think of something pretty cool. So this by no means is a confirmation that he's developing a Joker sequel idea Mm -hmm. or anything along those lines, but this does express interest if this movie takes off that he is open to it, and given the fact that he worked with... With Joaquin Phoenix on the first one, I imagine that this statement might reflect how Joaquin Phoenix would feel about that as well. So you hear this, and I guess the obvious question is, does it surprise you? 
Um, you know, it, it surprises me a little bit in the sense that I don't think Joaquin would sign for a sequel, would sign up for a sequel at all. I think he's one of those actors that just likes uh, really, you know, getting into one role and, and, and giving it all and, and being passionate about it as an actor. And then he's done with that project. I don't think he's, I don't know if he's done a sequel before, especially with something like this, where as much as even if the movie's great, which I really hope it is, as, I'm, as you guys know, I'm a huge Joker fan. I can't, I, I mean, it's not even going to be related to Batman. That's what I was originally thinking. But what's changed is that it's after the fact. So I know the whole, like part of the reason that this whole film came to be is because it was completely detached from the DCEU mm-hmm. as we knew it. And it's basically putting these filmmakers in a position where they don't have to commit to years of their lives being dedicated mm-hmm. to one brand. But this is after the fact. He didn't sign a contract guaranteeing that he'd be a part of X amount of films. He right. had a good experience. And if he feels like signing again, he can do another movie. So I think that's what makes the difference. He's not necessarily right. initially signing on for a franchise. He had one good experience and he's willing maybe to commit himself to one more. I would love to see it happen. Also, like you said, the box office is going to tell. I think people are going to go see this in droves just because. Just because it's not connected to anything else. Just because it isn't really tied into the origin story. It's mm-hmm. its own origin. I want to know if that money is enough to make Joaquin sign back on. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. I want to know if this drives so much in the box office and it's like, look, you should just do one more. Well, that, but, that but actually also- is another challenge when you think about it. It's like that, that is part of the reason why studios have them sign yeah. multi-film deals. Just that one, the first one, oh, yeah. the first one blows at the box office. They we don't have to shell out all the money the next time around. Yeah, I mean, the, also the, the cool thing about this is if it were to happen or if, you know, I, I'm more personally excited about DC movies or, or even Marvel movies that are one-offs. Like, I, I don't need... We've already seen a, a bunch of movies where the universe is all connected, and that's great, but I think that stor- storytelling-wise, that actually hurts the quality of, of the story and the screenplay at the end of the day because you're thinking, oh, we got to connect this you know movie that we made 10 years ago mm-hmm. to now. <laughs> that's not easy to do. So so I think the, the, mov- the, the quality of the movies suffer in that way. So I'd rather see, like, another one-off of another... Like, I do Catwoman the right way, yeah. you know? Again, it's already getting. This is a movie that's already getting praise. Like we talked about before we start, this is the actual quote from the co-head and artistic director of TIFF. First of all, it's terrific, so it should play on our largest stage. But it's a really original take on comic book movies and on the Joker character in particular, and it's not based on an existing story. It has one of the greatest actors in modern cinema, Joaquin Phoenix, in the lead, and Robert De Niro is in it as well, one of the best actors that has ever lived. Joker has an interesting tone and approach to it. That's exactly what I would expect, and I'm happy to hear that he is so enthusiastic about it because as much as I am looking forward to discovering hidden gems mm-hmm. at TIFF, this is one of my most anticipated oh, yeah. I am so jealous I'm, you're watching I'm it soon. I'm so, so well, curious. Well, there's no the, guarantee I'll get in, but I'm going to keep my fingers well, okay. we, all saw the, we all saw the trailer for it, and everybody was like, let's do this. That's the best trailer of the year to me, personally. It was a beautiful trailer. We were getting it's those, definitely on my list. We were yeah. low-key getting all these little steals and images, and everybody's like, stop sending me. Stop showing me all this. Just give me a trailer. And then everybody got the trailer was like, Give me the movie. Yeah. Give me the movie. You know so, what they should do is an Expendables version of all the clown movies and bring Pennywise and the Joker and Krusty the Clown. Just saying. <laughs> There's your idea, Hollywood. First of all, you want to terrify some people? <laughs> if you want to terrify me personally, you put all those clowns in the same movie? Nope, that's not going to happen. Wait, not wait, me, which, one, which ones did you say? Joker, Pennywise, and Krusty, Krusty the Clown. from The Simpsons. 
Hey, kids. Nope. Is that Clowns from Outer Space? Yo, nope. I'm, nope. Now, I'm, now I'm picturing this uh, Lego Batman style and trying to figure out what brands they own so yeah. we can put them all together. Yeah. All these damn Doesn't that sound like a great horror no, movie? I mean, I would love it. Yeah. Have you ever seen the movie Jay Clown? Clown's a great movie that John it? Watts directed. Yeah. Ooh, it's it's, it's, it's quite creepy. What's wrong with y'all? <laughs> Are you going to go see it, Chapter 2? I'm going to go see it. Hey, Jay, you'll float too. Yo, I almost kicked a cosplayer in the face at San Diego who looked like those cosplays of Pennywise now are getting too realistic. And some girl, because I know they found it was a woman. Do you go to like... Halloween Horror Nights at, uh, at Universal? N- n- nope, I haven't been because I haven't been invited. Well, now we'll invite well, you no, this I'm year, just then. picturing you like having that knee-jerk reaction and accidentally like trying to stop someone from scaring you. Hey, I elbowed a Dracula at Fright Fest Six Flags Great America back in the was, day. That was in your history. He ran up on me. I, w- I had a great edible. I didn't know what was about to happen, and Dracula called it in the jaw. That is not my fault. It's not my fault. We are so taking you to all okay the Los now. Angeles haunted mazes. Can we, can we, can oh, we, we got go? a long list oh, yeah. of things we need to visit. Can we I am go to so the excited. Twitter questions or something like <laughs> All right, wait, wait, wait. Before the Twitter questions, I do have one more question for you guys, just because we happen to have been talking about this Joker sequel, the possible sequel. Mm-hmm. The same episode that we just spoke about Warner Brothers getting the lowest score right. on that scorecard. So... Would you, if you were to make a prediction for what a Joker sequel would mean for Warner Brothers success going forward, I know it's a really big, broad mm. question, but would that be a smart play in order for them to, down the line in the future, improve their scorecard? Having, like, these offshoot-type movies? Well, more, more so I'm thinking about taking an idea like the Joker, something that they said was supposed to be a one-off film, and trying to franchise it. Because we were also talking about Fantastic Beasts mm-hmm. earlier. Yeah. Harry Potter came to a strong end, and then it almost felt like they forced Fantastic Beasts out right. of that property. Mm-hmm. I think what would be interesting is kind of what Marvel did with the Netflix TV series, right? Where they, not, not so much... Uh, you know, bringing all the characters together in Descendants, but, you know, Jessica Jones had her own show, Daredevil had her own show, so maybe if they came up with all these different DC one-off movies, like I was saying earlier, mm-hmm. like where they have the Joker, instead of coming up with a sequel, they come up, they obviously coming up with Birds of Prey, they so just they just that. make a bunch of those movies that are one-offs, and they're good quality movies, that could actually be very successful. I, I agree with that because, but they are doing one-offs that are that are going to connect now because right. Bir- Birds of Prey is going into this new DC extended film universe, whatever right. they're going to call it. I think they can find the properties to do that with. They just have to trust in the director and the actors and everybody they cast in it, mm-hmm. and also pick the right properties. But you know, also the question is, what's the right property? Because nobody ever expected Guardians of the Galaxy to be successful, right? Ever. That's- Right. And now it is. I also just realized I said the Descendants instead of the Defendants. I, I know. Yeah. I know. Defenders. I was I'm like, sorry, guys. I, I did two shows today. I apologize. I'm tired. No, you, I was like, well, that's not I, it. I was like, I was like, Matt Murdock's a shit. Let it go. Let it go with it. I'm it's look. like a team-up show, too, yeah. so it kind of made sense. Yeah. That's why I went with it. All right. We had to save some time for your live chat questions. Let's jump in here. I didn't screen any of these. Micah is asking, since Disney won this summer, do you think Warner Brothers will win the fall with Joker? It chapter two and dr sleep i mean i cannot wait to watch those two movies i'm very excited about it i'm excited about it but disney still has maleficent they have uh (sighs) star wars movie it's it's hard to say with that because the star wars movie no matter how frozen two and frozen two as well disney has way too much coming up on the back end I really do love that lineup that Warner Brothers has, though. Yeah, that's. I mean, those are the two movies I'm most excited about for the end of the year, other than Episode Nine. Yeah. You know, 
Joker I definitely want to see Doctor Sleep. Sleep. I yeah. def I, because I just I want to see the trailer, but I'm gonna go ahead and hold myself while I watch it. Yes, I said that. <laughs> of course, <laughs> I have such high hopes for that movie. All right, let's get this one from Steve Calderon, who's asking, "Who would you like to see direct Uncharted after Dan Trachtenberg's exit?" Poor Tom Holland this week. Yeah, I want to be poor Tom Holland. <laughs> well, <laughs> when you think about it, I want to be necessarily like poor in that <laughs> sense, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, hmm, that's an interesting question. What director? Uh, who did uh, Lights Out? Uh, Sandberg. Yeah. David Sandberg. Yeah, who did uh, the recent uh, really good movie, and I'm blanking on it. Is it a horror movie? Yeah. No, the kids' movie. The kids' movie? Good Boys? Boys? No. What was... Somebody look it up. David Sandberg. Which kids movie? David Sandberg did Shazam this year. That's what I meant. Oh, That's okay. a kids movie. The big superhero kids movie is what I'm talking about. You forgot the word superhero. Yeah, I know. The kids movie. What's the Shazam like, kids movie? I was like, what other movie did Sandberg do this year? I'm so tired today. Guys. My point is, yes, what, he, he clearly can do both horror really well. And Shazam was one of the most my most favorite family movies in a long time. I think he did a really good job with that tonally. So why not give him a video game movie? You into that? I'm into it. I was literally just trying to see who did uh, the Tomb Raider movie, the one, the most recent one with Alicia Vikander. Oh, uh, name is escaping Roar, me. Directed the wave for yeah, Roar Uthog. Yeah, Roar Uthog. Right. The wave is great. Yeah. And I mean, to- Tomb Raider made 247 million. Mm. Wasn't that another Warner Brothers property? What's the studio on that? Uh, give me, give Am I me making a, that up? It might be. I feel like now, now I'm burying. MGM. It was Metro Golden, yeah, for every company. Hold on, pull it all up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, I'm looking at this. Is real <laughs> I just want y'all to know this is happening right well, now, While G. Jay does his research, we are going to go to one more question from Lorenzo Kirkpatrick. Yeah, Warner Brothers. Oh, it was Warner Brothers. There you okay. go. I didn't make it up. Right. Oh, poor Warner Brothers now, too. <laughs> I mean, maybe poor Warner Brothers after all the money they spent on this stuff. Lorenzo Kirkpatrick is asking, I'm in the dark on this. What did Stan Lee's daughter say? All right, so... This goes back to what we've been discussing for the past two days with uh, the Disney-Sony Spider-Man situation. And Joan Lee is quoted as saying, Marvel and Disney seeking total control of my father's creations must be checked and balanced by others, whether it's Sony or someone else's. The continued evolution of Stan's characters and his legacy deserves multiple points of view. Isn't it the daughter who was, like, taking money from him? Because he had a daughter taking money from him? Is that true, though, that story? I don't know all the details about yeah. that, so definitely okay, just, don't just, feel comfortable uh, about commenting I mean, I don't on it right now. I'm just, it's like... I mean, I think the only thing that this really proves is that don't believe everything you read because that could be true, right? It's the same thing as, like, we saw a bunch of people, you know, boycott Sony. I'm like, how do you know Sony's in the wrong? How do you know Disney's not being greedy and asking for more money? Like, we don't really know what goes behind mm-hmm. the right. scenes in those negotiation rooms as well as in people's personal lives, right? Mm-hmm. So that's why it's better to just kind of have an opinion that's not fact. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I do like the approach of having multiple multiple perspectives mm-hmm. on particular characters, especially when you consider at one point in time, at least, we had Tom Holland's Peter Parker exists alongside all of the Spider-Men in Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if we didn't have two places that were able to work with that character and that brand, we wouldn't have them. Exactly. And Marvel has a litany of characters. I don't think, I mean, I know Marvel Studios would love to have them all, to have control of them all. Yeah, yeah. But when Marvel had that fire sale back in the day when they were about to go out of business, that's what split everything up. Mm-hmm. So it, it's going to be right now. I think we got to see what Sony does with not only Venom 2, but however they proceed forward with Spider-Man, however, and Morbius, then, that, then you can make that argument of, well, 
this one was in the wrong or that mm-hmm. one was in the wrong. I think we see what they do going forward. Yeah, and I think, I mean, adding to your point, Perry, too, I, I, I always like seeing different adaptations of different characters. That's why I'm okay with not having full ownership of, you know, I, I don't, I think somebody like Chris Evans was an amazing cap, as Captain America. Mm-hmm. You know, he's our Captain America, and it would be really hard for me to see somebody else play him in the future. But we've also had a bunch of great Spider-Mans, right? With Sp- it's not just, mm-hmm. uh, not just Tom Holland, but Spider-Verse. Okay, I was yeah. like, did we, we yeah. really say Andrew Garfield? No, no, I'm, I'm talking Spider- about, dude, Spider-Verse, Miles, Miles Sp- Morales Oh, yeah, Miles is Morales the was amazing. One. Yeah, and Peter B. Parker is phenomenal. I like mm-hmm. Tobey Maguire. I also do like Andrew Garfield. I think the problem was that the the second movie around him kind of like collapsed the whole vision for me. But I don't know. I thought that they were all cast very well. Exactly. Like they all brought their different types of, of, you know, Peter's persona into it. And and that's and that's good. Mm -hmm. You don't want to see the same thing. Just like I think it's great that we have Christopher Reeve and Henry Cavill. I think it's don't forget Brandon Ralph. Exactly. We have a bunch of different, uh, you know, we different is good. You guys. All right. Yeah. I don't know why we're asking this, but yeah. very, very quick. I see you giggling back there. Micah wants to know. Joker versus Ma, who would win? Ooh. Ma. Ma. I put an angry black woman up against any <laughs> clown any day of the week, damn it. Have you not seen an older black woman make things happen? Me, oh. I'm putting up Octavia Spencer against Joaquin Phoenix to see the Joker running screaming. Next question. Yeah, I don't think I'm ever betting against Octavia <laughs> Spencer. And if someone had loves the Joker, I agree with Jay. <laughs> not putting We're that going with Ma black, around the table. All right. We do have to end this episode of Movie Talk right there. Darina Jay, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Adam, Dorian, you guys rock. Thanks for always having my back. And to everybody out there, do not leave this episode of Movie Talk without liking and sharing it. And don't forget, tune in tomorrow for a brand new episode. It's a big episode. We're talking about our favorite movies of summer 2019. Give it a watch. I'll see you tomorrow.